really taking personal responsibility for whatever your life is and your actions can serve you well. God is with me every moment of the day. I'm talking with him, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking through stuff. And it was just a reminder of how God sees my heart, he cares for me, he listens, and he shows up. It's personal bravery in partnership with the divine that allows us to courageously take our place in this world. This is the way of the Hey, 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 welcome to The Way of Valor. I am so glad you guys are here today. It's going to be a fantastic show. And how do I know this? Because we've had a really, really hard time getting it recorded. And usually that means it's going to be the best thing ever. Today's guest with me is Craig Thayer. He is the author of the newly published book, Saved. And I think it's Saved, Finding God in the ordinary. Um, Craig is a board certified general surgeon. He had, get this, I can really appreciate this, 14 years of schooling and and your uh, apprenticeship. That's not what you call it in the medical field. Yeah, but it's it, the last six years of general surgical training is an, is an apprenticeship. There you go. Uh, you were the last resident out of UC Davis to actually put your own shingle up and have a private practice. But for the last 20 years, and this, like, literally, Craig, as you were telling me this part of your story, like, my own stress levels started rising just listening to this. For the last 20 years, he has been the trauma medical director for a level three trauma center. Um, that like just even that blows my mind. I just know you have to have just such a wise, patient, calm temperament to do such an extraordinary job that's really life or death on a daily basis. So Craig, man, what an honor to have you on this podcast today. Welcome. I'm I'm honored to be here. Um the school that you've co-founded is incredible. My two boys go there and they, they love it. They're, they're just blossoming and becoming great men and uh, in the true Christian sense. So it's, uh, it's a great place to be. Thank you for all you've done. Oh, such an honor. And so I, let's just dig right in because, you know, as we were talking about your story, I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't really know how you have the time to do what you do and write a book. So congratulations yeah. on your new book. Uh, you can get this on Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. Just put my name in okay. and type in saved. It should pop up. There you go. And I got my very own autographed copy there. So thank you for that. That's very special. So what prompted you to want to write a book? Well, um, my grandmother and I went to Kings games for probably the last 20 plus years, Sacramento Kings basketball. And uh, she just, she was the only adult that lived through high school, college, med school, residency, marriage, divorce, marriage, and five kids. So, uh, and she just throughout that whole time said, you need to publish your story growing up. And the reality was it did need more time, but she's passed. She passed away August 7th, 2021. 
So I was there for that. I wouldn't have been there if I were busy operating. And so uh, kind of a glitch in licensing from California to Georgia, where I now live, has created this opportunity. It allowed me to finish the book. She got to read a lot of the first drafts. So she got to read it before she passed. Um, so yeah, that, that answers the question of how did I do it? So a glitch, yeah. and I would say God, you say glitch, coincidence, right. any of those things. You know, I think Einstein said coincidence is just God remaining anonymous. So that's good. Yeah, that's really good. And isn't that true? Often things that we feel like are holding us back is God creating space in our life right. for the season that he's called us into. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Yeah, that's good. So t- talk to me about the book. Tell me tell me what it's about. Well, I mean, it's, it starts off with a dedication to my grandmother, and then I almost missed the first most recent miracles in my life, which were hers. She passed away at 1031 at night. She had a clock that she loved the chiming of. It would chime one at one and two at two. It broke before she passed away and took it to a clock shop. And it wasn't until her housekeeper, who would drive her everywhere, said, she's she's terminally ill that they agreed to fix it. it it wouldn't chime exactly one on one it would be like two chimes on one and three chimes on two and then at a half hour it would give one ding so she heard that last ding before she passed away and then about two days later when i was cleaning up the house after she passed the clock stopped at ten thirty one. wow not a coincidence Secondly, in the guest bathroom, she had this stool next to the sink and I'm shaving and I look at the stool and there's this book with a bookmark in it. So she's been reading it. Her glasses for reading were on top of it. It was clearly her book. She left it to come back. And the title of the book is Gone Missing. Wow. So so those are the more more recent. But I mean, if you don't look, you don't see. And if you don't listen, you don't hear. Right. So. So really the book begins with before I was born. And um, the first quote of the chapter is a verse from the Bible about how we were knitted in the wound by God and he knows what we're here for. So um, that's a brief summary of that one, but it's longer in the book. But yeah, I mean, I had a natural mother who lived in Michigan, was engaged. Her fiance wasn't going through catechism fast enough. So she, at six months, began to show when she would have been shunned in the 60s in the church. Mm -hmm. So she moved to Monterey, California and had me. And she actually carried me around for 10 days, which is, I mean, the courage she must have had. And then had me baptized because there's a picture of a Catholic church. And I don't know what name she gave me. I tried to query that church to figure out what it was. And um, gave me up for adoption. So then I was an orphan for nine months. So I could have not been here from the start. Not that she ever considered that, but that was an option. And then I was just blessed to be adopted by an Irish mom born in Ireland and raised till 21 and came over to the States and met my dad and got married and couldn't have kids. And there I was, got adopted. So it just goes from there. That's amazing. So it's your journey, basically, and and it's the story of miracle after miracle right the of god right. showing up for you in the midst of your day including in your work life totally and then the mission trips are probably the most profound because 
there's photographic evidence of these miracles. There are pictures of light that can't be explained. Uh, I mean, our first trip to, there's a chapter on going to Tele Honduras and doing a laparoscopic uh, gallbladder surgery. And the fact that that even occurred is amazing. Actually, the fact that we even got there, I mean, there were 62 people. Sorry, that was Haiti. 62 people going to Haiti was another one where the TSA had just enacted some new program of how to check in and it took 15 minutes a person. And so we would have never got there, but God created this lightning storm in Dallas, which shut down the grid for all that hub. And we got there, all 62 of us. So it's another story in the book, but yeah. So just these, you can't explain them. Uh, I mean, they're coincidences again. They're just things that can only happen by God. And I'm curious, which, I mean, I love and I love a miraculous story. In fact, it's funny. I was literally just talking about this yesterday on my Facebook page of miracles are happening all around, but often we completely miss them. Right. We we completely right. don't even acknowledge that that was a miracle that just happened. Right. Um, but God's working on our behalf every day. I, I'm curious about, um, you know, your, your role as a director <laughs> of a trauma center, because I just, you know, I think about that and, and think about how hard my job is and then times a hundred, right. <laughs> something like that, where life and death are on, on the line every day. Yeah. How has your faith played such an important piece of you doing your job well? There's a story in the book uh, about judgment and how even though I'm Christian and I'm not supposed to judge people, there were times in my life uh, that that happened. Some 18-year-old that rolls his truck and I come in and look at the x-rays that have been done and he's got this rod and one of his femurs already and I'm like, this kid's done that before. And I'm like, what a doofus i mean he's pulled me away from my family and here i am and you know i'm irritated and i i open the curtains and i see his mom which is someone i know she's a recovery room nurse and i'm like oh how horrible am i to judge this person the soul that did roll his truck and there's his mom i know her so i shouldn't have and then i then then the big picture really occurred to me this nurse was on leave because of a hand injury, lifting a patient. But she told me the story of her son being suicidal because he walked in on his dad having killed himself. Wow. So how horrible am I to judge? Wow. And so that, that, that case reminded me of, Hey, we're all, we're all equal. You know, we all bleed the same and we have problems. True. And so yeah. part of, part of the book is to, for me, just to get out there and tell these stories to people and give them hope. I love that. And understanding that really we don't serve and love people well from a seat of judgment, right. you know, wait, it really is only as we start understanding all of the things that have led into this moment that we can 
can even begin to serve and love them well. True. I mean, I think that's what I love about mission trips is, you know, you leave with 20 to 30 people or more that you don't know and you come back with friends because they give their testimony somewhere along the way. And uh, it's just amazing what people have been through. Yeah. 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 So talk to me about, you know, your plans going forward since you're in this place of transition, you've written your book. What What's your hope as you go forward? Uh, my hope going forward is that um, people read the book and someone who's in a position to give me a spot on a stage, whether it be church or a group, a small group, I don't care. I, I, if I affect one person, you never know the ripple of that one person, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and to get to them or that group or that country, I don't, Uganda is, I have a bunch of Ugandans on my, some for some reason on my Facebook site. So um, just to give them hope, inspire, and then um, begin to unite people. I'm, I, part of the reason why we moved to Georgia was a miracle. My wife, Stephanie, wanted to move a year and a half, two years before I wanted to, you know, when you have a team around you that you trust and they trust you, it's hard to Mm -hmm. leave that. So finally there were things that just, I said, I needed to go. And uh, I posted something on Facebook about being patriotic and have played for a United States water polo team. And what we all bleed the same, doesn't matter creed, color, whatever. Um, You know, we're, we're on a team together. And so I just feel a bigger picture of doing that for humanity. I love that. <laughs> I like how you breezed by the, you played for United States water polo. Yeah. So I played yeah. in high school and college, UC, UC Davis. And then, um, and then I had a break cause got busy <laughs> with med school. And, uh, then I got back in in 2001 as a master's athlete. And I got invited to United States water polo team in 2006 to play at Stanford Worlds. So I played FINA FINA Worlds against Germany and Russia, Brazil. um, Yeah, where else? Uh, Several other countries. Yeah, Czechoslovakia. Wow. I wish I would have had. I love the way, you know what I really love, because as you know, and it's probably one of the things that drew you to Valor is we're a global organization. And what I'm hearing in your story and that I see repeatedly that God does is he's the God of the whole world. He loves the whole world and he is wanting to use our gifts in profound ways all around the world. And you, you just time and time again, I'm heard in this conversation and see in your book, the places that you're popping up in the world, but you're always using your gifts, you know, and sometimes we hear about people just wanting to travel, but I think the more powerful thing is what you've done. And, and that is I'm showing up to use my gifts to serve. Right. And, and like the Haiti trip is a story in the book and I'll give you a brief kind of excerpt from it, but I went there and my hands are my healing, right? So I operate. Well, I didn't have an anesthesiologist, so I couldn't do anything that was I felt significant. And so I walked around these giant army tents with supplies that they haven't used from the earthquake. It was nine months after the earthquake, 2010. Mm-hmm. And then cholera broke out. One of the UN teams from Asia brought it in. And there were 
hundreds and hundreds of people showing up at our doorstep to be treated with IV fluids and antibiotics. And they put up another tent and we had people that could drink were on one side and the ones that couldn't, we put IVs in. And then there were these infants that couldn't, the paramedics couldn't get IVs in. They're going to die. They needed fluid. They needed antibiotics. And I walk over to this fold out table and I'm looking at the gloves and the, the, stuff to wash your hands with. And then there's this brown box of 14 gauge solid IV needles. I'm like, what's the, we don't have any horses here. I mean, that's what you inject the horse with antibiotics. And then I wow. thought, no, I can stick that needle through their shin into the marrow and give them fluid. And I saved I, I, myself. And then the paramedics learning how to do this probably saved 20 infants. Wow. Um, you get them fluid, then you get that out of there. And, you know, you're, I don't know if you've old, old school, there used to be cars with antennas on them. So it was a hollow tube. And if you bent it, it would snap. And that's what would happen with that IV. And I'm pushing pretty hard to get through bone. And I'm like, oh man, if this breaks off, this kid's going to have this in there forever. But they never did. And that was my calling on that trip. I, I know. And that, that blows my mind. Tell me in that moment when you're in those life or death moments and you need wisdom and, and creativity, what, how, how do you lean into the calm? Like, what does that look like for you? Well, if I have time, I, my surgical prayer is, you know, to have the wisdom to know what to do quickly, the hands to carry it out. And then the fortitude, which I use the word fortitude because you don't just need the strength, because you may stand there for 36 hours, but the courage, the courage to do, to get into, you have this big sack full of blood and you've got to open that up and find out where it's coming from. That takes some, some courage. (laughs) Yeah. And I imagine you second guess, or if I do that, this could, this may be what if do, I mean, yeah. Do you have space or, or, for that or do you have to yeah. fight against that? No, you're thinking about it. You, you're thinking, okay, so that's that sack has got two ureters that come from the kidneys of the bladder. Where are those? You don't want to cut through those. So you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. mentally thinking of all the things that could go wrong because you have to anticipate it. Make sure you have the instruments to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But then the courage to do it anyway. And you do it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've never thought of myself as a first responder. And back when HIV first came out, that made us a first responder because you had to treat and you're at risk for dying. And then now with, with COVID, that was the next time that we really became called first responders. But um, I forget where I was going with that. Um, the The risk is there. Um But not like the military where you are a first responder, where your life is on the line. It's it's not so much my life. I don't think of it that way. If I get sprayed with blood, that just, oh, Stephanie's not listening. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's someone else's life. And because I'm responsible for that, I take full responsibility for that. So that's the adrenaline junkie that I get is, you know, is going after that tiger. Wow. That's, that is remarkable. 
Well, Craig, do you already have a website set up? Are you like, how, how are people following you and getting to yeah, uh, connect with you? Working on the website, the easiest way is to just email me. It's just Craig at the number four and then Thayer's plural uh, com. So Craig awesome. at com. Awesome. And final parting words, like what, what's, what's the thing you hope people understand and know and the action they do based on reading your book? Right. Uh, I hope that they read it. They get inspired. They feel that there's hope. Um, and that for me, a bigger picture is get me in front of people telling these stories to unite, especially America being so divided right now. You know, we're all mm-hmm. the same people. I, I've traveled to countries that have been mal-aligned, Serbia recently, and, and I've been to parts of Russia, and and they're, they're people. They're just people. They are. Yeah. Kind yeah. souls. How, how are you hopeful that uh, your actions and your story will unite? Man, okay, so the big, big, big picture, the big prey is that you know, eventually I get on stages that are huge and unite people. And then I continue to, to be able to travel to other countries to do the same thing. And um, I mean, really unite the world, not just America. Yeah, well, I, that is definitely needed in our world, for sure. And your gifts and abilities are needed. We appreciate all you've done and the time you've taken to write it out. Um, I know firsthand that is not an easy task. So congratulations to you on that. And thank Thank you you. for being on today. We appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Of course. Hey guys, if you found this podcast interesting or you know somebody that needs this book, go on and get it today and share it with a friend because it will bless their life to see more miracles in their own life. Blessings on your day. The Way of Valor podcast is sponsored by Valor Global Online, where we believe every child has divine destiny And it is our role as educators to inspire curiosity and draw out the unique brilliance of every child. We may be the experts in education, but you, as the parent, you are the expert on your child. And together, we will partner to help your child fulfill their optimum potential. We are unlike any other online school you have encountered. Your child will be seen and heard every single day while connecting live with their teachers and friends throughout the world. Our focus on faith and whole child development and positioning your child as a creator, not simply a consumer, helps build the confidence you long to see in your child. Check us out today at ValorOnline.org. Working nine to five. Forget that. How about a nine-week e-course instead? One that's guaranteed to make you rich in every area of your life. Valor Global Online is thrilled to announce the Doug Wood Church Boy to Millionaire video e-course. You can take it alone. Take it with your friends. You can even take it with your kids. And when you take it to heart, it is guaranteed to create massive momentum, breakthrough, abundance, and purpose in your life. You are worthy of power, might, and more. We can't wait to partner with you and pray your dreams into action. Visit Valor 
www.thelinebearonline.org today to register for our next session. It's time to start living above the line.